Workforce Health Engagement, Episode 13, How to Move Employees from Awareness to Action. Welcome to Workforce Health Engagement, a show exploring strategies to improve your employees' health and productivity and to protect your bottom line. Join us as industry experts discuss how to engage employees in population health management, wellness, and healthcare consumerism. This is a special series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, Engaging Leader. And now, with 20 years of experience as a communication consultant to Fortune 500 companies, helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Engagers, and welcome back to Workforce Health Engagement to my friend and colleague, Terry Sherwood. Hi, Jesse. This is going to be the first part of a two-part conversation about guiding behavior change, leading behavior change. So much of what we do when we're talking about workforce health engagement comes down to actually getting our workforce, our employees, to take some kind of action. Whether that's a one-time action or an annual action, let's say, for example, completing a biometric screening, or Uh, An ongoing several types of actions, just uh, several types of things to eat healthy and get more physical uh, exercise or uh, stop using tobacco for uh, would be another example, something uh, a deeper, broader level of behavior change. We're going to look at both of those in these two episodes. In the first episode here, number 13, is is going to be more of the simpler, um, how do we just get move people, to take action on a specific situation. And then in episode 14, we're going to look at six drivers of behavioral change. So first of all, in this episode, we're looking at four levels of engagement. And Terry, you and I, way back when we were baby communication consultants, we were taught this model and it's still a helpful, effective model today. Can you walk us through what the, the four engagement levels are and then we'll get into some of the examples and uh, tactics behind them? Sure. Um, and, and I agree with you. It, it, it works as well today as it, it did way back when, longer ago than probably either you or I care to admit. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So um, the first step is awareness, and you and I often refer to that as the eyes and ears phase, where people have seen and heard about the topic that you want them um, to take action on. So they are familiar, and hopefully they have a positive impression about it. The second step after awareness is understanding, um, also affectionately known as the head stage. So not only am I aware But I know a little bit about it, and I know why it matters to me or why it should matter to me. So I know a little something about it. The third step after awareness and understanding is commitment. Um, And that's really when we get to the heart, where we start to win not just the minds, but the hearts and minds of our people, where they believe in this concept. They believe that taking action is worthwhile, and they're motivated to do it. And the fourth step is action. They're starting to walk the talk and doing what we wanted them to do in the first place. So that completes all of the level of levels of engagement, and we've gotten them to where we need them to be. One reason why it's helpful to look at it in terms of these four levels, awareness, understanding, commitment, and action, is because generally you have to 
plan certain types of communication to get people to each of those levels. It's very difficult to get people just to jump right to action. You usually have to create some kind of awareness that this thing is out there and that it's important. It's something I should pay attention to. And you, you, you kind of have to work people through all four of those levels. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right, especially when you're talking about a difficult behavior change like uh, a health and wellness change. I mean, w- there are some actions that are easier. For example, um, getting people to take a health assessment would arguably be easier than getting them to make a specific health change like stopping smoking. Um, but in they're still difficult and you're right. You can't you can't go straight to the action. You've got to get them from point A to B to C and then finally to the to the end outcome you're looking for. Now, we often talk about how bef- when you're creating a communication strategy, you need to settle on your outcomes first. Then worry about things like key messages and what the specific communication tactics would be. And of course, you need to figure out your think through your audiences too. Right. But with each of those, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit when you outlined the four levels, what the outcomes might be. But we usually will sit down with a client and actually help them think through and come to a, a clear agreement on what our hoped for outcome is at each of those levels. So let's just take an example and say we have a client who is implementing a wellness program and they have biometric screenings. Right. Or let's say they're implementing a financial wellness program and they have an online financial wellness assessment like with the company that the company Financial Finesse offers. So what are some examples of outcomes for the awareness or the eyes and ears stage? Right. So, so again, this is the phase where we just want them to be aware that this exists, that the company's got a program where I have the, uh, the option to go and get a biometric screening. And there are some reasons for me to consider doing that. So the outcome might be to make sure that everyone in the company is exposed to the existence of the program and is aware of when the times and dates and locations are that they can get a biometric screening. And also, a lot of times, a screening or an assessment may have some sort of incentive attached to it. So I think it's probably appropriate that at the awareness level, people have heard about the incentives. If you take this, uh, if you take the, the screening or assessment, you're going to be entered into a drawing to win these prizes. Or if you take the assessment, the, if you get your bio screening and your spouse gets uh, the bio, the biometric screening, then we're going to knock this uh, much, we're going to knock $500 off of your annual premium contributions. Right. That's a good point. And, and along those lines as well, that, you know, we mentioned that hopefully they feel positive about this thing that we're, we're creating awareness around. And in this case, um, it may be that they think this is a great benefit, that the company offers these biometric screenings. Now, what are some examples of some tactics that would help deliver on those outcomes for the awareness level? Yeah, a, a lot depends on what kind of communication vehicles work within a particular company. Uh, but usually we would start with doing some branding around the program and, you know, in this case, the biometric screening program, um, so that there's an immediate visual recognition that 
this is this particular program. Um, and that branding could be carried through a, a number of very high level awareness type of communications, maybe an announcement email to employees or a letter to homes if you're involving spouses in this particular program or a postcard to homes. You might have, um, if your company ha uses social media, you might use that vehicle um, to post some information about the program and the incentives and the event times and places. There could be signage uh, at different locations. Anything that just generally people will see during their work day uh, and become aware of that program. And when you say branding, you're talking about the visual identity. Uh, so it might be there might be a logo or a word mark that's at attached to it, maybe some the what specific color palette and fonts right. might be used. Uh, is, this, is this campaign or program going to use photos or illustrations or both or neither? What is this, what's the look and feel like? And are there any, also, are there any phrases or a slogan? Um, what t what's the language style going to be? Is this a, a hip breezy kind of style or is it formal so th all those things make up the branding what, what how will people recognize this and what sort of experience should they expect from this program yeah and once you create that um, it's important to be consistent and repeat it over and over again throughout your communications in this phase as well as in the other phases okay so that is the awareness level we looked at some example outcomes and tactics with the understanding level, that's where you get to the head, the more the logic part of, of this. The types of outcomes that we're would be targeting as we're talking through this with a client is that, may, for example, they might know not just that they've heard about the program, but they know what it is. They know what it's about. So if it's, let's say, financial wellness, they know what, what financial wellness is. That's, not, that's a, somewhat of a new term to a lot of people. And they would know why it matters to the company and why it should matter to me. And they would know that the company offers some resources to help in this area. They may not, may not know what all those resources are, but they at least know that there are resources available. If I, if I want help, I, the company has some resources I can go get them. And if you're, whatever the specific action is, let's say it's to, to get a biometric screening or to, to take an assessment, they should know what the what that is. What is a biometric screening generally? I, mean, right. I, I got to get my blood drawn, uh, or what is a financial wellness assessment? Is it so? It's just an online. It's a quick online thing. I'll be done in ten minutes, and I don't have to go gather a bunch of personal financial information. It's fairly easy questions like, "Am I able to pay my bills on time?" or "Do I tend to carry a credit card balance?" Things that people know off the top of their head. That's right. So what are some tactics um, that could be used to get people to that understanding level? Yeah, at this stage, you're most likely to see uh, meetings come in to, to play. Uh, if town halls are done in your organization, it might be a town hall meeting. It might be, in the case of our biometric screening uh, example, you might have uh, human resources people going out and conducting meetings to explain it, or managers may be given a toolkit and they can conduct a brief meeting to make sure employees are aware and understand uh, what the program is all about. 
Um, you can use uh, lots of communications besides meetings as well. You might, uh, if, if emails are the way you typically communicate in your organization, um, that would be a common, common way to get through the understanding stage. Producing newsletters, brochures, or flyers, posting information or articles on your intranet. Um, in a lot of organizations, print materials are still, uh, still viable. Uh, so producing a, a brochure or flyer of some sort that's distributed uh, at work or sent to homes uh, can contain all the information that people need. So and a lot of times that provides the the sort of information in black and white that they, it's almost like, here's the contract. Uh, I, I, they can right. have confidence that I know what the deal is. I don't necessarily know if I believe it or want to take action on it, but it's, it's here and I can trust in something that has been reduced to writing or, or I, I can see the CEO of my company speaking in this video and I trust him. And so, um, the information right. is there. I, so you get that That's sort right. of confidence in your head. Yeah, and that, that's a good point. We do, in, in certain environments, there are uh, just people who are, are trusted in manufacturing environments. For example, um, supervisors and plant managers uh, are our go-to people because when they give information, the employees generally trust it and believe it. So um, depending on what the program is, uh, if you're going to have spokespersons uh, delivering information at this stage, you definitely want them to be trusted spokespersons. That's a good point. And it, it leads right into the next level commitment or that heart level. And it, it, I think it's helpful to point out here that there's an overlap between uh, among these four levels. So right. as, you, as you increase the understanding, you start to actually create the trust that will uh, lead to the commitment. So even though we sort of target certain communication tactics toward to drive people to a certain level, well, you know, that's it's because that's a model and it's helpful to think through, but in actual practice, there's some overlap here. But outcomes that are helpful to think through in terms of the commitment level, some examples of outcomes would be, okay, we we understand, I understand that, that the company wants me to think that this is important to me and to the company, but it's this level where you truly believe that the company really does care about my physical well-being or my financial wellness. Right. You also would believe that this action step that the company's trying to get me to take is a worthwhile thing to do. I mean, okay, do I do I think a biometric screening or a financial wellness assessment is 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 okay that it may be a good goal that we're talking about here, but is this step actually going to get me there. So you want to create some confidence that this is going to be worth their time and confidence that you're going to keep their data confidential, uh, that they won't make a heart commitment if, they, if they're worried about privacy issues. Right. And also, you need to have, by this point, built up some excitement around that, that incentive, if that's part of the, of the program here, that they, at this point, they really want to earn the incentive. So you've been talking about that a bit. You've built it up. You've created some visuals that pop and make people really think, man, wouldn't it be great if I could get that? And why, sure, why, why, why couldn't I have just as much chance of, as anybody around here getting that incentive? Yeah, that, I think that's right. I, you know, we talk a lot about uh, when we're identifying outcomes for communications, 
uh, impacting what people do and how they feel. And this stage is really all about how they feel. And we want them to feel a certain way, believe certain things, and our communications are absolutely geared towards accomplishing that. Let's talk about some examples of tactics that help lead people to the commitment level. One that we'll talk about is very simple yet powerful, and that is conversation. Now, sometimes a conversation needs some help, needs some communication strategy help. So, for example, we have a large client, a Fortune 500 client, who has a healthcare and wellness program that has been going for several years, doing well. The company senior leaders, the CEO and, and other folks in the C-suite, believe in what the company's doing as far as wellness, but they aren't, and they, and they actually live that out. They, ta- they make healthy choices in terms of their eating and their exercise and tobacco and so forth, but they aren't necessarily part of the communication uh, that's helping dr- engage employees on that. And so we helped them identify how they can be part of that because this is and this is really all about helping employees make a commitment. And so it, it wasn't about creating a whole bunch of communication deliverables, if you will. It was a, a simple way for how do you help these executives be part of the conversation? And so we helped them boil it down to three key messages that they would feel comfortable working in, uh, especially if they were already addressing a group of employees. We help them identify personal stories uh, of their own journey so that they can talk about why wellness is important and, and, and what's in it, um, sort of what where they're coming from uh, and how they've been putting it into action and stories about how where good things, pockets of excellence are happening out in the production facilities and, and create, uh, identifying springboard stories where those executives can say, now wouldn't it be great if more of us were doing what this plant in this town is doing? And also we help them identify um, things, not even, I guess, in words, but in actions. What sorts of things are they already doing regarding their own uh, healthy eating or healthy exercise that um, can sort of be leveraged beyond their own personal well-being. So by inviting people to have lunch with them, executives and non-executives, and sort of being the first person to order, because the first person who orders tends to be the anchor, social scientists tell us, <laughs> tends to be the anchor. And so if you order a salad first, more people at your table are going to order a salad. Um, or you could be known as the the sort of the executive that uh, is always looking for ways to get more walking into their day. And hey, um, why don't we go? Out, why don't we take this meeting outside and 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 go for a walk while we're brainstorming this? So those are just a bunch of ways to that you could make conversation be a tactic that leads to this commitment level of engagement. Well, that's a really good example, Jesse. I think um, that particular client um, has a real model for success because just a few years back. Um, they did the same thing with their safety initiative. They made safety uh, part of their culture. And a lot of it was driven by executive behavior, executive conversation and engagement in the process. Yeah. So what are some other, we talked about conversation. What are a, a few other examples of communication tactics that could be part of this commitment level? 
I think a big one is trying to drive a culture that supports and reinforces what you're trying to accomplish. And besides executive leadership, um, involving as many people in the organization as you can in the initiative and and, uh, making it a positive experience goes a long way. You know, people uh, build change networks. They identify champions at each location. So it's really a grassroots effort. You know, creating commitment is mostly a grassroots effort. It can be done through other forms. You know, you might have an executive or a program leader or a champion of the program uh, do a blog, a periodic blog, talking about their journey or their thoughts on the topic. There can be online forums and discussion boards where people can engage and support each other and encourage each other. Um, But really, we're talking about building support and commitment from the ground up. It's not a written communication that gets pushed out and drives commitment. Excellent. And the last engagement level is action. It's the feet one where people take this and and actually uh, the rubber hits the road. So examples of outcomes would be they actually go get the the biometric screening. They let you they let the the health uh, provider draw their blood, or they take uh, the financial wellness online assessment, or they take an action. So we have some clients where okay. Maybe the outcome is getting the screening or assessment, but in addition, the the client really wants to set a goal. Let's get people to take at least one action as well. So get them to, maybe if it's in the case of financial wellness, they take the assessment, but then they also go watch a webinar or they meet with a financial coach. Yeah, I think um, I, I think clearly the objective here is to to get people to take the action that you've identified and the ways that that we've seen that work well um, again grassroots efforts tend to be most successful where you involve people on the ground in the effort and don't try to accomplish it through a written communication Um, you certainly can reinforce in our biometric screening example you can have very clear visual posters and slides and uh, things up that that identify when and where the biometric screenings are available and encouraging people to go. Uh, but we what we've seen really be effective is is take the action to them. So send the medical personnel out as close to the workspace as possible to actually do the biometric screening. Send the financial counselors out to the sites to do the financial counseling on site or to sign people up at least. Uh, on site, get competitions on the ground going, get teams involved and and get a little peer pressure involved in taking the action. So there are lots of tactics, but those that work best are those that are right there on the ground. And a lot of times, this is where the follow-up really is necessary, and that often requires some on-the-ground work in identifying whether it's working through, let's say, shift leaders and providing them the tools to have uh, either at, at their regular shift meetings or huddles or something like that. What, How can they follow up with people to encourage that they're taking this action? Or can you get that health coach to go visit the work groups and make sure they are getting to know everybody? And if they don't recognize somebody who has gotten a, a biometric screening, make sure they confidentially uh, encourage them to come get that, uh, for example. Right. Now, you mentioned competition, Terry, and that just mm-hmm. triggers me to, to 
think of gamification. And we've uh, in our in our other podcast series, Game Changer, which is all about employee communication. We've talked about these engagement levels and how gamification actually changes things up. So I want to throw that into the mix a little bit here because although with traditional communication, it is a, a one, a linear model. You go from awareness to understanding to commitment to action. And gamification shakes that up a bit because certain types of gamification actually create the understanding while you're taking action. So you, let's say it's a, a training gamification. Um, is if you can get them to start to take any action in the game, uh, to just play the game at all, they will start both building understanding and while they're taking some action. And they'll actually start to then, they can, the, the, they can actually move beyond just action to uh, mastery or even passion where they're actually wanting to be masters of their field and go teach others or go uh, almost evangelize others. And so uh, I don't want to go get into that super deeply. Folks can go check out uh, Game Changer. But it is an interesting sort of evolution uh, that technology and some of the other aspects of the gamification trend bring to these four engagement levels. Yeah, I, I, that's a really excellent point. And I think, you know, the, the lesson or the takeaway is that one approach doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And a combination of approach, approaches, particularly when you're talking about a difficult action or a challenging thing to get people to do, um, a, a combination might be the right way to go. And gamification is certainly um, compatible with this approach, but it does take a different, um, you know, a, a little different road, a little less straight and narrow road. But um, in, in competition, um, very much like that. There may be people who you don't catch through the awareness, the understanding, and the commitment phase, who when you get to the action phase and you make it a competition and there's some peer pressure, will do it just because everybody else is doing it or they're motivated by competition. And during that activity, they gain awareness and understanding and come to believe that it was the right thing to do. But they didn't start at the same place that most of their colleagues did. And that's okay. Yeah, we've seen even even without the sort of technology-based gamification, just pure worksite competition, we've seen some leaders who have gotten uh, just incredible levels of participation in things like biometric screenings because they just got right. so interested in achieving a goal like a 100% participation or being the first worksite to achieve that goal or making sure that their overall uh, health uh, biometric screening results improve faster than other locations. So the, the competitive nature of some of these leaders can make a, just play a, a key role. Right. So today we've looked at these four engagement levels. We've looked at some examples of outcomes that you would target to, uh, to help lead the change. And we've looked at some potential communication tactics to consider based on what works in your organization. Now, in episode 14, we're going to take a step back and say, okay, but what if you have a more complicated, uh, more complex, deeper issue than a simple action like taking a biometric screening or trying to get people to complete a financial wellness assessment? And so we're going to look at beyond just some of these 
quick ideas for communication tactics and look at six broad types of engagement drivers to drive behavioral engagement. And so that's what we'll talk about in episode 14. Looking forward to uh, getting back together with you then. But this time, Terry, thanks for joining us. And thank you to all of our engagers for joining us on this episode. Thanks for having me, Jesse. I'm looking forward to coming back. All right, engagers, that wraps up this episode. Don't miss episode 14 when we'll talk about the six drivers of behavioral engagement. That's when we'll talk about leading a more complex change effort. Also, in this episode, I talked about how gamification changes the engagement game. It changes up those levels of engagement. In our show notes for this episode, I'll provide a link to a video that explains that as well as a blog post. So you'll want to check those out. Now you can find the show notes at engagingleader.com forward slash WHE13 as in Workforce Health Engagement Episode 13. And while you're on the show notes page, you can engage with us by providing your thoughts or questions in the comment section or by clicking the red send voicemail button. You can also engage with us at facebook.com forward slash engaging leader or on Twitter where I am at Jesse Leahy. Workforce Health Engagement is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications, helping mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. In several areas, not only health engagement, but also talent management, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share ways to communicate and engage and lead with greater impact. You can find both Workforce Health Engagement and Engaging Leader podcasts in iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, Cecily Leahy, our web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, over the long term, a program of the day won't help you boost employee health, productivity, and your bottom line. For sustainable success, you need an integrated approach to workforce health engagement. Mm -hmm.